0: Aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper?
1: What's up, nerds? Welcome to another episode of the Multiverse Report. We are recapping the week's nerdy news from Gallifrey to Scarrow and
0: everywhere in between. My name is Mike Gibson. My name is always Steve Haller. What's up, Steve? More technical difficulties since I just had the video all screwed up, but we're good now. We're good now? We are great. Okay. We're live and we're recording and everything? We are. It's just, you know. Awesome. It's one of those days. Had my kid up at uh, five this morning puking, Ooh. and other than that, we're good. Ooh. Yeah, he was done by eight, and then he was a wild, rolling dervish the rest of the day, so. Wow. Here we go. Up are.
1: at five alone is bad. Up at five and puking,
2: even worse. <laughs> yeah, bad Campbell.
0: Bad combo. Bad
2: Combo, um, bad combo. Brave combo. Oh, yeah, now
1: we're talking.
0: <laughs> Talk about Brave Combo all you want. Um, is there a spinoff combat or uh, podcast about various uh, accordion based music?
1: Yeah, polka, uh, polka influenced rock and roll from Denton, <laughs> Texas. Look them up, folks. Brave Combo, one of the best Christmas albums that exists. Uh, by the way, since I mentioned it, what a segue. Holiday season, full swing. Happy holidays, everybody. We're Thank in December, you. December 4th, the uh, eve of knocked. So if you've been bad, you might get a visit from Krampus tomorrow and get either kidnapped, beaten with sticks, or eaten, depending on which version you believe in.
0: Maybe all three? Maybe all three. Hey. If you're really lucky.
1: <laughs> yeah, you'll get kidnapped, tenderized by being beaten with sticks before eaten.
0: Well yeah, you can't Make just sense. roast them on the spit every time. Like you got to yeah.
1: Yeah. Krampus needs one his... does desire one does desire some variety, yeah. even a Krampus. <laughs> a variety in their food. Now that we've uh, gotten through all that, should say that uh this podcast is sponsored by Funky Town Comics. Do they still want to sponsor us after we've been talking about <laughs> Krampuses eating people live?
0: Uh knowing and, our knowing our uh yeah. our audience yeah, they still do.
1: Even more, even more so, probably. <laughs> um, yeah, check out uh, Funky Town Comics in Camille's New York. If you want to check things out, you can also be checking out our interview with comic writer Simon Burks, which happened last week. It is available now, it should be in your uh, very same podcast feed that you're listening to this in or YouTube feed that you're watching this in. Mm-hmm. You can uh, watch us talk to him, you can listen to us talk to him. It was about a, a 30 minute episode. Um, too long at all we covered a lot we covered talked a lot about his current series Antarctica which is being published from Top Cow and Image Comics talked about kind of his writing process and where those ideas kind of came from we talked about the importance of representation in comics and a whole bunch of stuff and stuff that's uh, he kind of teased what's to be expected in the future of that series and some other stuff he's working on so go listen to that it's a fun talk and uh, Steve and I are hoping and uh hoping to do some more of those and it's looking like uh we might be getting a chance so stay tuned for more um tmr talks is what we're calling them right now the multiverse yeah. report talks
0: with other uh creators and that uh i i can say antarctica if you have a chance if you enjoy comics you have a chance to pick it up it is uh not just because we were talking to simon uh it is a really cool premise for a series so uh, i've yeah. only read the first arc but well, that's the only thing that's out, so I guess that's the only thing we're going to read. True,
1: <laughs> you're yep. all caught up. So I'm
0: right to the top, so we're good.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so what are we talking about tonight? We're talking about some Marvel stuff, some uh, Disney CEO stuff. A uh, little section I like to call Trailer Palooza for trailers um, worthy of talking about. Came out this week. Um, talking about some uh, horror updates little tangent into the horror community this week not and uh, we well, have comics reviews and all that kind of stuff what's that is it not involving Krampus <laughs> not involving Krampus although I am planning on watching that movie tomorrow mm. for the first time I've never seen Krampus I've heard mixed things about it but it just seems like it's a good time like it's a, it's, it's perfectly Adam Scott, in your Tony alley. Collette
0: yeah it's it's a exactly. Christmas horror movie what more do you want well I want it to be good well fair and then um we'll, yeah. we'll also be talking uh, about something similar point where this uh, uh, i went over to, Simon? to yeah, sit down uh, anybody the, wants you know, a preview of our uh, discussion um, that was uh overdubbed so <laughs> weird no no it's just me messing with tracks and not having things uh yeah on the back end
1: but i thought he was back for a second
0: yeah that's uh that's everybody who's watching and/or listenings uh, free preview of the Simon Bergs interview that you should go listen <laughs> to. but yeah, um, the uh, we'll actually talk later about a Christmas horror book uh, that sure will. I own, you own and you've read, and I have not. so yeah, uh, we sure will. So stay, stay tuned, tuned for that. that for the comic reviews.:
1: Yeah. Um, real quick before we dive into the general to the rundown. I got to say, just to shout it out, I don't know, Steve, if you noticed the locations I said at the beginning, Gallifrey and Scarrow. I feel like you're probably not familiar with those locations. Those are locations from the world of Doctor Who. Uh, and I put those on there because I watched the first Doctor Who special on Disney+. Plus. I believe there's going to be four of them before the new season comes out of Doctor Who. This is four specials featuring the return of David Tennant to the role of the Doctor. And Catherine Tate, the role of Donna Noble as, uh, what do they call them? Not assistants.
2: Companions. Yep, there you go. Uh,
1: I haven't watched Doctor Who in years. It's been a long time since I've watched Doctor Who. I used to love it. I was obsessed with it for a long time. Big David Tennant guy. Big into the Matt Smith. I really liked Peter Capaldi as well, and I kind of fell off during his seasons Just the first of this special that it's on, it's on Disney plus right now. It's an hour long. Second, second one's already out. I haven't watched the second one yet. First one, my wife and I watched last night, both of us, it immediately took us back and reminded us about everything we loved about Dr. Who, uh, in just the, the absolute best ways. It was like an immediate return to, oh my God, this is the thing that I love that I've been missing from my life. And now it's back, and I'm filled with joy. It was just the greatest, the greatest. I loved it. I can't recommend it enough. If you are someone that used to watch Doctor Who and fell out of it, like me, or if you're someone that gave up a long time ago, or if you're someone that's been chugging along and just, you know, I heard that the the last couple seasons the writing wasn't very good, if you gave up during the Jodie Whittaker stuff, get back on. It's great. It's a great special. Highly recommend. Highly recommend. I can't wait to watch the second one.
0: Yeah, I had heard that those kind of fell off to no fault of her own. Yeah, I heard that
1: she was really great, but like this, like the writing yeah. just was not, wasn't there. And that well, she when you do
0: seventy-five better. series, you'd you'd think like
1: Cause someone's gonna run out of ideas, right? Yeah,
0: like there was already, yep. you know, the pre Matt Smith lol, So,
1: uh, well, pre Matt Smith was David Tennant. So oh no, uh, I would yeah. say so.
0: Pre re whatever brought it back there in the yeah yeah. Was right. it, late 90s early 2000s it
1: was 2005 I think when okay. it came back
0: but yeah um
1: uh but anyway you know how sometimes like you love something I mean this was only like 15 less it was less than 15 years ago maybe 10 years ago so it wasn't that long ago that I was watching it all the time you know how something like you love something really intensely for a while and then you fall off of it and then sometimes you look back you're like no, that was probably just like because of where I was in my life or like you don't feel like you're gonna connect with it as much. And this yeah. was just like bam. Right. Nope, back this to is it. still still in my heart. So that was great. Great experience watching that. Um speaking of something I hope I have a great experience watching. But I don't know. Because mm. seems really up in the air right now. Avengers Kang Dynasty.
2: We uh spoke within
1: the last I don't know, week or two about how Avengers Kang Dynasty lost both its director, Destin Daniel Cretton, as well as its, uh, sorry, alarm going off my phone to move my son's elf.
2: Um, Anyway, I already did it. Don't worry, it's already done.
1: Uh, Lost its director, Destin Daniel Cretton, and lost its writer, uh, Jeff Loveness, uh, hinting kind of a massive creative overhaul for this film, possibly having to do with the legal issues surrounding who we assume will be a star or the star of the film, Jonathan Majors, as Kang. Uh, those legal issues haven't gone anywhere yet. Still sticking around, still dealing with it. My guess is that eventually this movie is going to be called something else other than Avengers Kang Dynasty. Yeah. And they will be announcing that once the um, new writer, Michael Waldron, uh, hands in a draft or a, an outline or something. And there's a different story, and they'll be saying, oh, wait, wait, sorry, 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 it's not called King Dynasty anymore, it's called this. It's called Rise of Doctor Doom or something. Um, So yeah, he's replacing Jeff Loveness. uh, Michael Waldron has been kind of in the Disney camp for a little bit, and specifically with the Marvel camp. uh, He was the writer and showrunner of the first season of Loki. He was the writer of Doctor Strange the Multiverse of Madness. And he also is currently writing Avengers Secret Wars.
2: So Marvel clearly really likes this guy. Um I like I said, I know a lot of people love Loki Season
1: 1. I was kinda eh, on Loki Season 1. I do like I like the look of it. I I know I I definitely think it felt different than other Marvel stuff. And especially season two did as well. I'm on the record saying I love season two, even though Michael Waldron doesn't seem to be involved with it. But um I'm mixed on Doctor Strange, the multiverse of madness, some cool stuff, but some I don't know. That movie to me just reeks of like studio interference, kind of, and uh, trying to rein in Sam Raimi
2: in in all the wrong ways. But overall plot, not that bad. Some of it's executed poorly, I think.
1: But so I don't know. I'm kind of mixed on those two things. But what I really do like is I like that the same person is writing Avengers: King Dynasty and Avengers: Secret Wars. Um, I think that's what gave us such a strong connectivity between things like the Captain America movies into Avengers Infinity War and Endgame because those were all uh Russo's and Martin and McFeely writing and directing yeah. all those movies is like this kind of same creative team and it kind of gave us that like uh throughline. So hopefully they're able to wrangle something like that uh, by having this guy write these two movies. Avengers Kang Dynasty currently has a release date of May 1st. 2026. It was supposed to be 2025. On the move to the 2026, but they just
2: announced a new writer. Meaning the script is not done.
0: Yeah, it's so, kind of tough
2: to have a script if we don't have anyone writing it. Yeah. And it's kind of tough to make a movie if you don't have a script.
1: And Marvel certainly has found that out the hard way. Um, no, by not, no, not.
0: It's it's not hard to make a movie without a script. It's hard to make a good movie without a script.
1: Thank you for correcting me. That yes. is very accurate. Because Marvel is, um, has
0: learned that you can make many movies without scripts.
1: Yeah, and they've been lucky for a lot of those times it has worked out for them. Yeah. But as we've talked about a lot of times lately in the podcast, the uh, the bloom is off the rose as far as Marvel goes and People aren't just flocking to the theater to see anything with the Marvel brand anymore. It used to be just, if there was a Marvel thing in the movie, in the theaters, I'm going to see it. Now,
0: not so much. As we've seen this week, uh, Disney is officially not announcing any more numbers for the Marvels, which will run through uh, New Year's, but uh, it will officially be the worst performing Marvel movie of all time, including The Incredible Hulk
1: only Marvel movies not make over a hundred million dollars domestically at the box office. Yep. And again, I'll say this uh, a million times box office numbers, not necessarily an indicator of quality. I don't think I've seen any uh, review of that movie. Uh, any good faith review of that movie uh, that said it was bad. Everyone I said said it oh, was yeah. like either fun, light, but you know, a good time to people genuinely loving it. So Um, you know, it's, I think it's a combination of, uh, you know, misogynists who hate three women leading a movie. And I think it's a combination of people being sick of Marvel stuff in general or overwhelmed with superhero stuff, Marvel stuff. And also just the, there's a whole contingency of people that are like, ah, I'll just wait till it's on streaming.
0: Right. You know, And I think for everything, I think, well, the, the first point you brought up is a, a valid point and there are a distinct number of uh folks in that vein uh the latter two especially that middle one uh marvel overdrive for so many years yeah and with diminishing returns like right it, it's the standard um it's it's the standard studios don't learn they learn lessons but not the right lessons right like thor love and thunder there was a lot of mess surrounding Thor: Love and Thunder, and it, in general, mm-hmm. not being a good movie. Um, good parts, I enjoyed pieces and pieces of the puzzle. Sure, but same. overall, was not a good film. Uh, yeah, still made a boatload of money at the box office, but the instead of instead of correcting based on what the actual critique of the movie is they just were like, well, we kept making money off it. Let's just keep putting it out. And yeah. in doing so you start to, and from then they even ramped up more and more things coming out with diminishing returns on quality. And yeah. what you end up doing is like almost poisoning your own brand of like, well, we got another mediocre at best. Uh, well, yeah, legitimately, but, um, yeah. Yeah. You put out another mediocre at best movie and like the more and more you do that the less and less people are going to see it and here we are putting out a movie that's on the better side of things that they've put out in recent years. Yeah. And it people looks aren't really it bad chance. because people aren't even going to see it. Like yeah. I I wouldn't be surprised if like and they're the only ones that'll ever know but if the Disney Plus numbers on it actually end up looking quite good. Oh yeah. But nobody's going to go to see it in the theater because they've been, you know, the boy who cried wolf happened a couple too many times.
1: Yeah, also, I mean, we can't discount the fact that uh the there was less promotion for this movie because
2: it came out uh right at the end of a 6 to 8 month long strike um where promotion wasn't happening or in-person
1: promotion wasn't happening. Yeah, there were trailers right. and there was TV spots, but you know, you don't have Oscar winner Brie Larson on all the talk shows and podcasts and stuff promoting it. So that's definitely a big part of it as well. Um, uh, but yeah, I think it's not even a thing where, about what, to, to, to what you were saying, Steve, it's not even a thing where, if, if like we were still getting this much Marvel content and we were still overwhelmed with the amount of stuff that we are getting from Marvel,
2: but it was all great yeah it'd be a different story you know Very. it would be you know if i'd be like
1: oh i can't believe i have to go see oh thor love and thunder i'm so burnt out but then i'm just like oh i'm glad i went that was a great time of course it's great it's marvel like i don't know why i'm so you know they're just so much but they nail it every time you know yeah. that's a different story um yeah but uh like i said i think the bloom was off the rose. so um real quick i mean that our our conversation would have been a perfect segue into the next topic we we're going to talk about but real quick steve jumping back to kang dynasty do you think this movie hits a release date of may 1st
0: 2026 no me either <laughs> i mean like i there's no point in even elaborating like they 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 have no writer they have no story their star is embroiled in a well they do have a writer
1: they just don't have a script
0: right uh they have nothing written yeah uh and right. yes they i'm sure they have whatever uh whatever was uh, being worked on by loveness but who knows to what degree that's actually going to yeah uh, be utilized or be able to be utilized based on if if they're pivoting as a lot of rumors seem to suggest yeah
2: yeah and we don't eat, like there still seems like a lot of chaos going on at the MCU. And I, I don't
1: think we've seen the last of things being delayed things that have already been announced. And I I know that post strike, they announced re new dates for, you know, Captain America four and Thunderbolts and blade and all that stuff. But
2: I'm not so sure that they're going to hit those dates. I feel like those dates might move again. And I feel like if the movies keep losing money, you know, I think I, I read some article that said the, the only Disney
1: movie that's on track to make a profit is Gardens of the Galaxy Volume three that was released this year. Everything else underperformed.
0: Right. And it's Disney. what the Disney the first day in or first year in fifteen that they haven't had a billion dollar grossing movie or since fifteen that they haven't had a billion dollar grossing movie. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean the landscape is changing, for sure in general. And maybe it's swinging away from superhero movies, at least for like a little bit, or maybe it's just swinging away from Marvel movies. So we'll be a big indicator when Superman legacy comes out and see what Marvel has done between now and that. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I also am very, I will be very surprised if this movie hits a May 1st, 2026, um, because of whatever kind of buildup they have to do to make, to get to an Avengers movie. Yep. They certainly haven't done it yet, so they gotta do all that whether that happens in the context of other films or in post credit scenes. They really gotta get something together um, and start building some momentum and build some threads because they like the one thing they don't have right now is momentum.
2: I feel like they're like at an all time low of um just like people wanting to know what happens next. you know what yeah. I mean. Like yeah.
1: That was the whole point. It was like the MCU was like a TV show. You got to see every episode to get the whole story. And now it's like, oh, I'll well, skip that I, I one because think the think other one talked are bad. about
0: it too. Like in modern times, like I know Marvel's First Family is still the Fantastic Four, but in modern times, yeah. is even the Fantastic Four movie enough to move the needle?
1: No, 100% no. Right. Not at all. Like, Like, everyone's saying that they're, like, banking on Fantastic Four and X-Men, but, like, yo, they should be banking on X-Men, period. Fantastic Four is a huge question mark because comic fans, Marvel fans, MCU fans will be excited about it.
0: No. General public. Even then, comic fans, like, when's the last time there's been a good Fantastic Four run? I don't know. It's been a while. Yeah. And I know if if Mike is listening to this, he may uh, have problem with that but it's been a good <laughs> bit since there's been a good fantastic Four run.
1: yeah so not even all comic fans will yeah. be into it and you know th- i feel like there's diehard mcu people that are stoked about fantastic four and can't wait and continue to talk about it and theorize about it online but they're i feel like they're like a a loud minority of people who like super duper care about fantastic four if they, can, if they can pull it off, great. But we've said this before, and we've said it recently. General Public, they've seen three crappy Fantastic Four movies. Yeah. So is the audience going to be there for a fourth one? I don't know. It was like we were talking about the DCU with like, okay, you know, there's a lot of good press around The Flash and good buzz around The Flash. But like, yeah, sure, some people liked it. Some people hated it. But nobody went to see it. The biggest problem with that movie was that it, no one went. Yeah, And I think no one went mostly because they're sick of the DCEU. They're sick of all the stuff that started. They they see the guy that's connected to, you know, they, General Zod is in that movie, which is connected to Batman versus Superman and Man of Steel and all that stuff that, like, we already didn't like that. We're not going to go back for more. So mm-hmm. this might be the same kind of thing. Um, I, I didn't like the first three Fantastic Four movies. I don't care if this is different. I don't like those characters. I gave those characters three shots, and I'm not interested in them. This is another one. Like, that's a big question mark. Right. I, I should be I driving... David like... should be speeding towards X-Men as fast as he possibly can. X-Men, yeah. I think, is their, like... Is the... I mean, it's not, like, the save... Like, I don't think... I not know. I've been really down on the MCU lately. I don't think they're, like, completely beyond saving. I don't think they're down and out. They can... They can get their stuff back together. They just have to like make good movies, really pull back on the amount of stuff that they're putting out. Like, yeah. give us like two banger movies in a year. Give us like one in the summer and one in the fall. Yeah. That's it. Like, I don't care if I don't get another Disney Plus show. And, you know, maybe you give, okay, give us a Disney Plus show like in January. Maybe one. Give me one. Then give me a banger movie in the summer. Give me a banger movie in the fall. And that's it. And then next year, you do the same thing. The year after that, you give me an Avengers move. Figure it out. Make that happen. You know? Yeah. You no. got to really pull it back and make me care about it. And you got to make me invest in these characters. And you got to make me invest in the story that you're telling. Right
2: now, you're all over the place. No one knows what story you're telling.
0: Yeah. Do, do they know. even know what story they're telling?
2: I don't think they do. Especially now.
1: Because they just fired the guy that was writing that story. Well, yeah. <laughs> and they got a new guy. Minor details. So, you know. Minor details. Anyway, we were talking about the Marvels earlier, and we were theorizing as to why Why the Marvels uh, didn't, didn't work at the box office.
2: Is that where we were before Not, that tangent?
1: <laughs> it is where we were before that. I, we went back and I said, how about one more quick thing before I move on, and then we talked for 10 minutes. But, well, yeah, we never um, knew that, Mike. Of all the things that you and I had just mentioned as to reasons why the Marvels may have underperformed at the box office, Did you notice, you know, eagle-eye listeners or eagle-eye viewers may notice that neither Steve and I said anything about how we think the number of executives on set while filming that movie may have had some kind of effect on the box office numbers of that movie. Why didn't we say that? Because that sounds really stupid. Really stupid. But guess who thinks that? Bob Iger, CEO of Disney, gave an interview this past week saying the blaming the underwhelming performance of the Marvels on the fact that there weren't enough Disney execs on set during filming quote, there wasn't as much supervision on the set. So to speak where we have executives really looking over what's being done day after day after day. Um,
0: really cool. What, um, what does that have
1: to do with anything? Executives make things
0: worse. So Bob Iger, uh, Bob Iger's living the—you go out the hero, or you live long enough to become the villain. One hundred
1: percent, hundred
0: percent. Dude, yeah. you just stayed retired. Like I know
1: the guy after him, Chappic was like screwing things up, right. screwed things they up far just
0: worse it. than even what Iger's doing now. But yeah. like, they sure just got a different guy. Room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or or like, brought, um, brought Iger in as a quick interim fix, and then just been like, all right you be the figurehead that says the right things for like a year. And then we're moving on. Yeah. Um, And that's not the only uh,
1: boneheaded quote he gave this week. He also said something. I couldn't find the exact quote, but all reports saying that he also said something about how blaming like Disney's poor performance that saying executives have lost, lost sight of their goals and have been focused and they need to start focusing on entertainment over positive messages like messages in a movie are great, but like number one thing needs to be entertainment and like Isn't... I don't really know what you what what you're saying like are you are you caving to people that are calling like Disney woke or like whatever bullshit and like can yeah. you, I, can you name me a Disney movie that doesn't have a positive message um like a classic Disney film that doesn't have some kind of, like, moral or lesson, like, they're all based on fairy tales. Like, yeah. what are we talking about, Bob de- Iger? Do you know de- what you're talking about?
0: Right, even the depressing ones are, like, ultimately positive messages. Yeah. I mean, because he didn't say politics or anything,
1: so I don't, know. I, I like, what are you saying? What are you, you're, what are you saying? You do need to retire. And he also said that he is, he's not going to renew his uh,
2: CEO ship when his contract runs out or whatever, he's going to be done and he wants to be done. And I think that's good. Cause yeah. I think he is
1: just, he's, he has overstayed his welcome. Yeah. Open um, mouth,
0: insert foot.
1: Like only, only an executive would think that it would be better if that, that only an executive would think that more executives make movies better. Cause like I'd have, na- I haven't talked to one creative person that thinks like the suits that they work for are the real geniuses behind creativity on any kind of set or production or anything like that. Like, I don't think that anybody thinks that other than people that get paid to think that. Um, yeah. You know who else does uh, that?
0: Yeah. Who? Neil Gaiman.
1: <laughs> yeah. Neil Gaiman. This made this uh, situation about the executives being on set made, uh, somehow found its way to Neil Gaiman on uh, the blue
0: sky app. Yeah, you may have heard him of about. him before.
1: Yes. Neil Gaiman, a uh, famed author of, Novels and comics and uh, all kinds of media. Uh, Writer of the Sandman, writer of Good Omens, um, those kinds of things. American Gods. That we all love here. American Gods, yes, is another great one. Um, uh, Someone asked Neil Gaiman what he thought of this, and he said, and I quote, I've watched uh, the Disney development process up close for the last 12 years as Disney has failed to get the Graveyard Book made. One of his uh, stories. Clearly they're trying to adapt it. It's not working out. He continues to say, I can confidently say that I do not believe the problems have ever been not enough Disney executives were involved. Um however, quick side note that speaking of Neil Gaiman, it was announced this week that Sandman season two has officially begun production on Netflix. So we have that look to look forward to. Um but I think Neil Gaiman's right on. Like he's exactly the kind of person I'm talking about. Like he's a creative, he's involved in like the creative side. Um executives and their notes just kind of usually muck things up, and I don't understand. Where uh, Bob Iger thinks that that makes sense. No, I think, I think he's just some, he just seems like he's somebody that is so far removed from the creative process that he doesn't really know yeah. Yeah. how out of touch he sounds anymore.
0: You know what I mean? Um, also, for the record, usually Neil Gaiman has the, the in, in appropriate opinion on things.
2: Yeah, Neil Gaiman's a smart guy. Yeah. Big he, fan. He does pretty
0: guy. well. Um, he also has the like the nerd version of that you got with the. Hugo, Nebula, and Bram Stoker Awards, as well as Newberry and Carnegie medals. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's (laughs) got to be like the nerdy (laughs) guy, for sure. Do you have an award you can hand this guy? Okay, here you go. There you go. No Eisner, but that's that's the only only thing not in his cap. I think he doesn't have an Eisner. Uh, Not in the immediate Wikipedia section, so I will. Oh man, I will uh, do some more digging and. (laughs) <laughs> get back to you on that get
1: get neil gaiman oh no he did oh okay oh jesus he has uh, Multiple.
2: uh one two three four five six <laughs> seven eight
0: nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen fifteen oh boy sixteen seventeen eighteen
1: nineteen that sounds more 19 right. that's correct more that's more that sounds more correct
0: yep uh inkpot for the uh for global achievement as well uh yeah Oh yeah, no, awesome. never mind. Good for him. Some locusts, a couple Harveys. Yeah, man, yeah. he's got them all. If if you, if there is an award to hand out, he's got it. He's got it.
1: Uh, do you have anything more to say about uh, Bob Iger being dumb?
0: Bob Iger is dumb. Yeah, and th- like I said, like it, when he took back over, everyone was like, "Oh yeah, this is gonna be great." Yeah, and I was like, just oh, like, God. "Oh shit, <laughs> what is he doing?" What are
1: you doing, dude. What are you doing? Um, also, real quick, David Zaslav said something dumb this week about uh, how he said, he called the move to cancel Batgirl uh, courageous. It was a courageous thing that he did pat himself on the back. What
2: an uh,
0: idiot. Well, making $500 million a year, to Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, dumb. Is that going to be our new, uh, we going to have a new recurring segment, executive saying dumb shit?
1: I hope not. <laughs> I hate talking about executive saying dumb shit. I don't. I don't. I want everything to move smoothly, so executives don't have to say anything about anything, and I don't have to think about them.
0: That would be wonderful. Yeah, want to talk about some trailers? I think I do.
2: All right, trailer Palooza is what I wrote on the uh, rundown. Um, Sunday. Let's Sunday. Kick it off with, Sunday. <laughs> exactly.
1: Uh, let's kick it off with some Godzilla Kong. It's not Godzilla versus Kong. It's just Godzilla with a little X. It's not Godzilla. Godzilla Times, Times Kong. Kong? <laughs> yeah. Uh it's just Godzilla Kong, I think.
2: Interesting. Uh this movie looks insane. Looks insane in a great way. I, that I love. Yeah,
0: I yeah. Go for it for yep. a bit and I'll I'll
1: Well, uh I'm a fan of these Monsterverse movies, mm-hmm. and I think they've gotten increasingly more insane as they've gone along. The first Godzilla I feel like the first, almost the first three, kind of, you could say more or less take place in uh, reality. And the only non-reality thing is that there's a giant monster. The very, the first two for sure, or like first Godzilla movie and Kong Skull Island, 100%. This is real reality. We're real people. And the only other, the only thing that's weird is that there's giant monsters attacking. Then starts to get a little more into the weirdness with uh, Godzilla monsters, mm-hmm. which I still like that movie. But then Godzilla versus Kong is just like batshit, crazy, wild, insane. So many things that could never happen. But again, in a way that I'm just like, this is big and dumb and fun, and I love watching a
2: giant lizard punch a giant ape. This is great. Um, This looks to continue more of that vibe, where uh, Kong
1: uh somehow uh runs afoul of a giant orangutan whose origins we do not know. There's also a tiny a cute baby orangutan
0: and in this ultimately an army of orangutan? Is it an army of orangutan or is it an army of other apes, Kong apes?
2: I, so, don't, I don't know. I, mean, I sp- don't know. Spoilers I, I saw. Spoilers it once. for the
1: end Okay, spoilers for the end of Godzilla versus Kong, but Kong ends up living in uh uh sub I can't remember what they call it like hollow earth yeah there's a hollow like a yeah yeah and I think there's other giant monsters there so I believe maybe he's there and he's like ruling all these other monsters or whatever that live there that's what I thought from the shots of the trailers couldn't tell if they were an evil herd or a bad herd of giant monsters but anyway there are multiples you're right right Um, he's got some kind of like mechanical hand I think I remember him hurting his hand at the end of Godzilla versus Kong so he's got some and giant he had that neck in
0: some shots but not others
1: thing? Oh okay so maybe it happens in this movie that makes sense
0: Like when when he was when there was that big uh leap of faith across the ravine there there was didn't. it was right. just a giant okay. ass ape.
1: All right so he definitely gets it in the movie then
0: Yep um, um so this is part of the the Monsterverse stuff which yes they're all kind of coming out and like how Monarch fits into this, fits into whatever. It's like I don't know. They're all technically. I, I have movies.
1: I haven't watched Monarch at all.
0: Oh, I uh, saw I've heard the first three really episodes. Good. It's it's pretty solid. Like it's well worth yeah. a look.
1: Nice. I'm not so I'm not sure like where in the timeline that is or whatever. But if you haven't seen all the other movies, then may, you may not know where it is the timeline either. Yeah, it's um, from
0: what I can gather, the it's before and after uh, anything. That okay. Had been oh released. yeah, because it's added. two timelines. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so. Yeah, I don't know. Either way, this trailer. Um, when you said insane, you were a hundred percent right. Yeah, I can't tell if it's awesome, insane, or stupid, insane, or stupid, awesome, insane.
2: Yeah, I know. Yeah,
0: it's like
1: that's kind of that's how I yeah. felt about Godzilla versus Kong because like, um, like a lot of the human story in that movie was really stupid, mm-hmm. and it was like. You know, it was obviously just like, we need to come up with some dumb reason to get these two (laughs) to fight each other. So let's figure it out. And the humans have to deliver this insane dialogue and make these really terrible decisions left and right in order to line up all these things. Right. And that's, to me, that's just like, okay, I get it. And like, I'm watching, I'm like, this is stupid. This doesn't make any sense. But I know this is going to lead me to seeing a giant lizard fight a giant ape. So I'm down. Can't wait for that part. Right. Saved it for me. Um and this just kind of looks like more of that. Like it looks like, you know, uh Rebecca Hall is returning from Godzilla vs. Kong. Brian Tyree Henry is returning from Godzilla versus Kong. And uh someone we haven't mentioned yet is returning from Godzilla vs. Kong. Godzilla. Godzilla. Apparently Kong has to seek out Godzilla to get help fighting the giant orangutan. Right.
0: And Godzilla um, apparently crashed with Captain America in the Arctic. Uh, because he's just frozen in a block of ice for some ungodly reason. Uh, also, yeah, I don't know how he's frozen like that. Why in the ever-living hell is Godzilla's pink?
2: I like, don't know, man. Like, has pink lights I... coming
0: out of his back scoots? Like, what? It's usually blue. It's usually blue. And, like, not emanating from his scales. Like, shooting yeah. out the back. It looked like it was actively, like, emitting. I'm like, okay. Like, you normally have blue breath. Sure but beyond that I thought it was like, cool what? Oh it, I thought it was it, yes but it I just it was threw cool. me off I'm like for 50 years it's been like blue flame I'm yeah. like is this another Godzilla or like I don't know. So don't know. It, that's it, a good point. It it did not it did not uh, throw me off in any bad way it was just questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure questions. Um I thought it was cool it was like
1: the like same with the mechanical hand it's like the equivalent of like uh Batman getting a new suit in the sequel. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> it's just like, let's figure out a way to get him a new suit to like sell more toys or, whatever, you know, like, um, so I don't know. I'm down with that. You know, I thought that was cool.
0: Um, um Jesse from of Godzilla Town Comics in the chat. Oh, hey, Jesse. Yes, we have Jesse and what Brian, got, at Jesse? least in the chat. I can't see the rest of anybody, but, um, uh, he said that he can confirm Godzilla minus one is the best kaiju movie of all time. I have no idea what the hell that is.
1: I was just going to bring that up, Jesse. Read my mind, man. I it's in theaters now. I don't know if I'm going to be able to see it before it leaves theaters, which is a bummer. But this there's, there's a new Godzilla movie, like non-American Godzilla. Legit Japanese Godzilla movie called Godzilla minus 1 that it was made for like 100 million dollars or something like or 120, like a pretty low budget. Apparently, it's spectacular. Million. It looked what's that? 15 million. That's it. That's what the budget says in Wikipedia. Are you kidding me? 15 million? Okay. You got to at least watch a trailer for this because this looks like a $300 million movie. And from everything I've heard, it's incredible that it's like a, one of the greatest Godzilla movies that have been made in a really long time.
2: Um, and I'm dying to see it. And I'm bummed that I probably won't be able to get to see it before it's uh, on uh, streaming. Some sort of streaming.
1: But yeah. So I just want to shout out Godzilla Minus One for any Godzilla fans out there. Uh, it's supposed to be really good. And according to Jesse from Funky Town Comics, it is the best kaiju movie of all time. That's saying something. It That's is. saying something. I gotta say.
0: It's a man who knows his kaiju. Right, moving
1: on. Moving on to the next trailer. Trailer for a movie I kind of forgot was happening. Furiosa, a Mad Max saga. It's a prequel to Mad Max Fury Road. Focused on the character of Furiosa. Originally played by Charlize Theron in that movie. Uh, the prequel, the younger version of her, will be played by Anya Taylor Joy, who I think is a great actor. Mm-hmm. Um looks pretty good in this movie. Uh Chris Hemsworth is awesome in this movie. Uh he looks like Thor. And long hair, beard, looks like Thor.
0: Yeah, and he's effectively playing like everything you see in the <laughs> in the trailer is he's just playing redneck Thor.
2: Yeah, kinda. Like post apocalyptic
0: redneck Thor.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, what did you think of this trailer?
0: I thought it looked like a trailer. I don't know. It oh. looked good. <laughs> it made me that look good too. It made me want to watch the movie, but it was like I don't I don't know if I gained or lost anything from it. Right. It made yeah. me remember the movie was happening.
2: I need to watch Mad Max Fury Road again.
0: Yes. Same.
2: I saw that when it came out. And I liked it. Mm-hmm. But I didn't love it. And everyone,
1: apparently, besides me, on God's Green Earth, thinks that's one of the greatest movies ever made. So I need to revisit that movie, um, and see why I'm wrong. I guess <laughs> I, I don't know. I just <laughs> like a an outpouring of love and devotion to that movie. People say that should have won Best Picture, and it should have been oh, this is the best movie ever. And I'm just like, I was okay. It was good. It's entertaining. Um, I but thought, I definitely it, was, need to I thought it was a it. level
2: above you and a level below them. Okay. All right. I, I got to get back to it. Um, yeah. Same. But like this definitely reminded me of that movie. It looked
1: very much, mo- I mean, it's oh, made 100%. by. It's also made by George Miller, made by the same guy. So it certainly looked on par. I thought there was a couple shots that looked a little green screeny. I don't know. It's the trailer. So maybe it'll get fixed by the time the movie's out. Like a couple, but I don't know. Maybe I was just looking too close or whatever. Um, a couple of green screeniness. And I remember the effects in the first one looked incredible in uh,
2: Fury Road. So, no no qualms about that at all. Um so yeah, I thought this looked good. I think Anya Taylor-Joy seems like a good
1: pick. Um she seems like she's nailing it. And uh it just seemed kind of like more insane driving through deserts and wild action and stuff. So, you know, seems if you if you're a Mad Max fan at all, you got to be loving the fact that you're getting something i feel like mad max fans are starved <laughs> lately right. for anything
2: so
0: well less uh, starved than they yeah, were I'm in down. the that's, 85 to 2015 gap but yeah
2: that's also true that's also true um
1: i guess that's all i got to say about that i'm looking forward to that for sure and uh next steve i know you're very much looking forward to a little show called house of the dragon returning uh this is a cool it's like a kind of a teaser trailer, it's about a minute, little over a minute yeah. long. Got returning characters, lots of violence, lots of dragons. Steve, what'd you think about this? Just
2: uh
0: the
1: dragon trailer.
0: It it really again, similarly, it made me remember that <laughs> House of the Dragon was the thing. Um <laughs> I I feel like all these were getting like we were so used to years of a show having a year gap in between and all that. Yeah. And like that's fine and normal and whatnot and then it's like okay um i think it set the stage for people remembering what happened in the first one a little uh Because i'm not gonna lie i had kind of forgotten uh and yeah i mean it looks good it looks like there will be like dragons and heartbreak and weird family shit and war yeah yeah and all of those things what can function as a good movie show
2: I yeah. don't know whether they will. I mean, but
0: they have the option to.
2: Yeah,
1: for sure. Um again, yeah, I thought this trailer looked good. It reminded me of like things that I did like about the first season, but um, I know I said this before, but like I thought the first season was fine. I don't I'm not like I'm not I'm not jonesing for more uh uh Westeros yeah stuff, I guess. I might be I might be done with it. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. What we're, what we're uh, learning two today two. is
0: Mike's done with everything. Everything except Kaiju, everything 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 Mike is uh done with right now.
1: I'm not done with Doctor Who. I'm back into Doctor mm-hmm. Who in True. a big way. True. Reversal of fortune on Doctor Who. I am back in. So
0: Yeah, I'll end up, I'll I'll end end up watching this. Cranky. I know I'll end up watching this because I know my wife will want to watch it. Um, yeah. If not as weird as it sounds for all the problems of rings of power i probably if it was if it was the two of them up against each other again i probably would go rings of power um 100 i'm yeah. definitely gonna watch rings of. Power. i thought rings of power was great i'm gonna watch rings of power yeah. for sure so um or yeah. we could
1: we could do a side podcast where i watch rings of power and you watch house of the dragon and we just tell each other what happened in every episode <laughs> we don't actually watch each other that's just the whole there you podcast. go <laughs> Saves us an hour,
0: so we take the hour that we saved and end up talking to each other instead of watching <laughs> the show.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, we talk to each other for way more than an hour, right? Each yeah. time it actually eats up more time of our lives than if we had just watched both episodes.
0: Why does that sound dumb enough to be something we would do? I don't know, because yeah. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it
2: just is because it, it just totally is.
0: is. Um, yeah. No, I think, uh, did they have a date? Did I miss a date?
2: I think it just said 2024. I don't think there was a date. There was a year. Of course. All oh, I remember.
1: So.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. We
1: shall see. I mean, they got to be pretty far along. They didn't even stop for the strike. So they got to be close to being
0: done. Oh, yeah. Because they, right? they were doing everything. And most of the actors are British anyways. And... Yeah. 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 So they didn't have Same to... with uh, Rings of Power. Right. Right. Yeah, it's got to be, So got to be happening soon then.
1: Yeah. Uh Something else happening soon. A series. I didn't, even, I didn't, I did not know this was happening. I Same. don't remember reading about this happening, but I'm also not really in this world. This is something I have zero previous knowledge of at all. I've never played this video game. Same. Never met anybody that's played it <laughs> to my knowledge but I know that it's a big uh, popular series. Fallout. Yeah. A new uh, Amazon Prime series based on the hit video game series Fallout. Um, Looks cool. Seems like it's kind of melding a lot of genres together. It's clearly like a post-apocalyptic wasteland thing. You know, um, just uh, what's the dystopian future? That's the kind of phrase I'm looking for. Uh, But, you know, also cowboys and Wild West kind of imagery.
0: Red Skull um, as a cowboy. It's like
1: Red Skull as a cowboy. Are words that I was literally just about to say until you said them, <laughs> um, and then I said them anyway. Uh, yeah, looks like a whole bunch of craziness—robots or people in robot suits. I'm not sure which. Um, I really liked the the choice of songs that they had over the imagery that was going on. Like that mm. was really cool and kind of set a tone that I uh, vibe with. Pretty
0: yeah. Hard? Yeah. That yeah. and those I think those were like mech suit type things where people were actually in them like okay. a space marines type thing. Um okay. but yeah, the I don't know. It looks I I can't tell if it's going to be stupid fun or like overly serious but with a twinge of right. something or like I can't tell what it's going to be but it, it it's it's got me it's got the hooks in enough that I'm like oh yeah, this actually looks, it looks like it's not taking itself too seriously, but also is a serious medium type thing.
1: Yes, I agree. It definitely looked like, yeah, because I was trying to, to, like I said, I liked the tone that the trailer was setting, but I couldn't really get the vibe. I was like, is this the vibe of the show or is this just a cool trailer? Is this going to be like, is this going to lean more towards like Last of Us territory where it's like, bleak or is it you know can we have some more fun with it like you were saying is it is it more like star warsy or whatever or is it more like you know bleak last of us kind of stuff i don't know because it it kind of has vibes of both those things like yeah trying to survive an alternate future where things have gone horribly wrong but also like there's robots and ships and weird weapons and stuff you know so um i don't maybe it's maybe it's an exact mix of both of those things. But I don't know because, like I said, zero previous knowledge of Fallout. Um, I have seen memes and pictures of stuff of people wearing those blue suits with the yellow stripes. Now I know where they're from.
2: Yeah. So that's a thing
1: that I know now. Have you ever played Fallout? Do you know anything about it?
0: No, I remember distinctly putting Fallout on my Christmas list at least one year and not getting it. Oh, and you were like, screw you, Santa. You didn't give me no more. I'm never going to play it ever. Yep. Yep. Never. Soured me for the rest of my life.
1: Well, if uh, anyone out there listening or watching is a fan of Fallout, send us an email or shoot us a message. Tell us why we should care about it or uh, what it is. Tell us about it. I'd love to hear about it because we don't know.
2: Please. I'm serious. Let me know what it is.
1: (laughs) Otherwise, I'm I'm going to have to play the
2: game, and I don't have time for that.
0: Ain't nobody got time for that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, The original game came out in 1997. Whoa! Whoa, okay. And then Fallout 2 was 98. Okay, this is even more shocking to me. That long ago?
0: Yeah, Fallout 3, which was kind of a return to... uh, That was on... I don't know, whatever, PlayStation 3 and Windows in 2008. What?
2: Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of
0: lot of these games i did not know there were this many fallout games either fallout my 4 God. was 2015 okay so new vegas was 2010 yeah there's been a lot of fallout 76 God. was 2018 like huh okay okay i definitely here. had no idea that
2: it started that long ago oh this yeah it was a pretty mod i thought there was a relatively
1: new and modern uh series oh
0: no when i said i had it on my christmas if i had list, to guess
1: i i would have guessed that like the first game came out in 2015 like, right that, if i had to guess
0: gotcha no it was wow. uh it was like i i remember having fallout 2 on my christmas list for my computer wow okay yeah
2: no mm-hmm. idea yep all right seriously you at least have slightly more
1: of an idea. Oh
0: not yeah. But, I you know, I know later. that it exists. I just have never played yeah. any okay. of the 17 it looks like titles that are out.
1: Wow. Me either. And now I probably not going to cuz that's overwhelming amount of games <laughs> to, play, to understand. <laughs> and the they show. kill
0: the show. Yeah. Yeah, there's uh Fallout 5 is TBD in development.
2: Oh, wow. okay. Okay. Cool. Well, now I really want someone to write in and tell me
1: about Fallout. Like, is it one continuous story? Is different games different characters? Or is it, like, one whole story that builds on itself? Like, what's going on here? And then what is the series going to adapt? Is the series going to adapt game one? Is it adapting an overall arc? Is
2: it taking things? I, I don't know. This Those are things that I don't know and can't tell from this trailer. So somebody tell us, please. Please, please.
1: Uh, something else that I was begging for somebody to tell me, updates about uh, the two new Alien projects that are in the works, and we got them this week. And we realized, yes, folks, this is tangential to like nerdy comic book stuff because it's horror. But you know what? There's Alien comic books, and I'm a big fan of this series, and it felt fun to talk about it. So I think we've talked about these a little bit in the past. But Noah Hawley, uh, known for show running the show Fargo, and also Legion, the yes best best X Men adaptation ever, maybe. It's into live action.
0: It's live that, action. It's like that, and Logan are kind of your only options. So yeah, yeah. Logan is yeah.
1: You're right. The only it's the only thing that gives Logan a run for his money. Yeah, I think
2: so. Good. It really is so good. Watch Legion, folks. Yes. Watch Legion. It's on FX, I believe. Probably on Hulu. Yes. Yes.
1: Anyway, Noah Hawley has been developing an alien series for uh, FX and uh, Hulu, I believe, uh, for a few years now. Uh, Announced cast members this week, including Timothy Oliphant, well-known actor who's appeared in Justified, Fargo, worked with Noah Hawley, and The Mandalorian. What's the name of The Mandalorian? I don't remember. Is that other Marshall guy?
0: Yeah. uh, Freetown? Come on, brain.
2: Come on, Steve. You not Jodo this. Cast. Uh,
1: nope, got nothing. Marshall. He's the marshal of Freetown. Tatooine. I, yeah. No. like Timothy. Oliphant. Uh, deals Boba Fett's armor.
0: Yeah. So Jodo Jodo Cast was where Boba Fett's armor came from in the expanded universe. And yeah, not this.
1: Gets shot by Cad Bane, but ends up in a back tank at the end of that series. Yep,
0: somehow. You're frantically looking. At I am you. frantically looking. Cobb Vance, there we go.
2: <laughs> Cobb Vance, that's right.
1: That's like, right. Scroll and scroll Cobb and Vance scroll. Himself. Come on, IMDb. Timothy Oliphant, leading Noah Hawley's FX Alien series. Other cast members include uh, people I have never heard of ever in my life, a guy named uh, David Restall, who apparently also was on Fargo, uh, Babo Cisse, Jonathan Ajayi, Erana James, Lily Newmark, who apparently was in Solo, A Star Wars Story, DM Camille, and Adrian Edmondson, who was apparently in The Last
2: Jedi. So, a couple uh Star Wars vets, although I, I'm guessing they were in smaller roles. So,
1: uh, that's cool. This series was announced, was announced a long time ago, and... This is the one I believe that is going to bring the Xenomorph Alien to Earth, I think. And it's uh, kind of outside of the other films. It's not set within that timeline at all. So be uh, it's very interesting to see how Timothy Oliphant deals with that threat. We also got updates on Fede Alvarez's new Alien film that he is making. Fede Alvarez, uh, who made a uh,
2: remake of Evil Dead that I think is really good if you're a horror person um i'm trying to think of the other horror movie that he
1: made don't blink or it sounds something something along those
2: yeah i don't remember which one it was there's there's a lot of i feel like there's a lot of horror movies to have the word don't in the title Um, don't breathe don't breathe yeah see that was close
1: um uh We uh, finally figured out where this new Alien film is placed on the Alien timeline of films. Star Kaylee Spanny has clarified the film takes place between Alien and Aliens. So between the first two, however, has confirmed that it is a standalone film that is not concerned at all with the story of those two films or with the character of Ellen Ripley. However, she did say that... Uh, they brought in a lot of the same people that worked on aliens with James Cameron, like set builders and creature designers and things like that. So they got the original team, people that worked on aliens, to come in and design and build their aliens, which I think is really awesome. Um, Also, this movie also stars Isabella Merced, who not only is starring in the new Alien movie, but she's also in Madam Web, and she's in Superman Legacy. This girl's blowing up. She's going to be Hawkgirl in Superman Legacy, and she's one of the uh, teenage spider women in Mad Web. So good for Isabella Merson.
2: Yeah, making that that nerd bank.
1: Making that nerd money, left and right. Crushing it. Good job for you, Isabella. And I'm excited to see both those um, alien uh, projects, especially if they are both on Hulu. Um, I'll have to... I'm really close to getting rid of Hulu, but if these are going to be on Hulu, maybe it'll stick. Maybe I'll stick around in my house, or well, at least it will be renewed when they come
0: out. I was going to say Disney sure. seems to be pretty close to getting rid of Hulu too. So, yeah, just roll yeah. it under, roll it all into one, and see what happens.
2: Yeah, I know. Jesus.
1: Um. All right, dude. You want to do some comic reviews? Sure, we can do that. Sure. You want to go first?
2: Oh, or do I guess go first? So.
0: Uh, I can. So, I am looking at the uh, well, the new um, newest on the Amazing Spider Man Spiderness. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is the start of a crossover event, uh, Gang War First Strike, not to be confused oh. with the 1990 Gang War uh, five issue arc in ASM. Uh, again. It is written by current uh, Spidey writer Zeb Wells, as well as oh, uh, what's Cody Zigler? Uh, Cody Zigler on the art. Uh, this is John Romita Hi. art on the cover because John Romita. Um, yep. Joy Vasquez on pencils. Uh, I I can say it, they did a very good job of making it feel like a Spidey story. And cool. I, it felt very much like a Spider-Man tale, and all of it's all the street-level villains. The whole premise is, um, Madame Mask and somebody else have died, uh, and they're looking. They the villains have a uh, the the gang leaders have a meeting to figure out who is taking over these territories or who's next or whatever. Um, and they end up, uh, one thing leads to another and, uh, basically they end up, um, with one of the members, uh, at the forefront of all of this, uh, dying and sending every, the entire, uh, five bros into a complete tumult. Uh, basically Spidey comes back from a long hiatus uh, gets called out by miles for leaving uh and gets called out by luke cage for leaving and now mm-hmm. he has to make good with miles and the defenders and stop this gang war so wow this is going to be an ongoing arc through asm through daredevil through luke cage and maybe through spider-woman um wow so it's going to be going to be a pretty broad um Pretty broad arc, uh, but all street level. So, um, nice. ultimately, in your in your neck of the woods. But um, you yeah, know, sure. art is you know overall very yeah. standard. I mean, it's Cody Ziggler. It's standard Spidey fare. Um, feels like I said, feels like a street level Spidey. Uh, actually, yeah. maybe airs airs a little closer to how like you know you have miles being penned in a similar way to you seeing him in most of his uh new works so uh it's a it, overall not bad awesome yeah i mean cool i would probably look into maybe i'll look into uh trades on that mostly because i'm completely pot committed still on fall of x but yeah. uh beyond that like it's it it may turn into something it's got that's cool got promise
1: that's cool. Um, just the fact that you said that it feels like Spider-Man is great because I feel like there's been a lot of criticisms of the Amazing Spider-Man run lately not really feeling like Spider-Man.
0: Well, when I, I, I'm i not going to lie. When I picked it up from Jesse, I was like, okay, great. Zebwell's Spider-Man. Phenomenal. Oh, man. And I read it and I was like, no, this actually feels this feels good. Great. Uh, apparently, awesome. Brian cool. uh, Reynolds, er, Rollins in the chat is all in on Gang War. Say Brian Reynolds oh, cool. It's a guy I work with. Uh so apologies, <laughs> Brian. Um but uh but yeah, he's 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 all in on Gang War. I know uh uh I'm I'm glad to see that my initial assessment uh seemed seemed right. So
2: Yeah.
1: Cool. Um my book that I'm reviewing this week is not a new book. It came out a couple weeks ago. Um, but I didn't get to stop in to, to get a recent one. The book I'm reviewing is The Deviant by James Tuning the Fourth and Joshua Hickson. Joshua Hickson
2: on art. And I believe Letters by Hassan Atsame Elhao. If I'm pronouncing that right. Probably not. So I'm bad at pronunciation. But uh it's the deviant A Christmas
1: right? story is the subtitle. Which is why it's coming out now. Um This was great. Uh, I'm not sure how many books are in this series or if it's just going to be an ongoing. Nine. Um, Nine, okay. I will probably pick up these nine books Um, or at least the second one because I I just need to know more of what's happening here. This is very much a stage setter, but in a way that is very gripping and very investing. It's a horror book. should say that straight up. The Christmas story that they're talking about, not a jolly... uh, not a holly jolly Christmas story this is a uh, pretty pretty disturbing horror book um and I can't really show you too much I mean I can show <laughs> you pages
0: so it's um, it's standard recent Tinian fair where uh yeah
1: it does not feel dissimilar to something that's killing the children yep um in the way that it's written it's not, um, not quite
0: world tree uh can't show anything, no, it's but not-
1: no, you're right. Not quite world. I can show you stuff, but like the stuff I can show you kind of looks like it would be a boring book. Like there are pages and pages of these two guys talking. But the writing is so good that like you're just gripped by the story of what they're talking about. Like nice. literally like just pages of those two having this interview. Anyway, um, so. Main character is
2: a comic book writer
1: who is looking into these murders that took place when he was a kid and wants to base a comic book off of either those murders or the murderer. So he is interviewing the man accused of committing these murders. And this is these are murders that were committed by somebody uh, dressed like Santa Claus in a weird mask underneath the hat and beard. Um, and this guy has been in jail for 50 years. He says he didn't do it, but, uh, he understands the world thinks he does. And he's like, uh, you know, there's
2: been movies made about him and everything. And, you know, he's just rotten in jail. Right. So, um, a lot
1: of this conversation is the, the conversation between the two of them is the the gripping point of the book and
2: the, uh, excuse me, I'm going to (coughs) cough. Excuse me um the convicted person is gay the writer is gay so the convicted person is trying to kind of um bond with him
1: about that in summary re- and and they kind of do in a certain way but not in a like uh you know i mean cuz the the guy that's convicted is also he's not just convicted of being um uh murder, he's convicted of being uh, you know, a deviant, like a sexual abuser at the same time. And so part of the comic book author is saying, Oh, I'm nothing like you, and blah, 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 and guys like, well, maybe not completely, but you know, I don't know. There's it's it's very interesting. And you know, uh James it's something that James Tinian um uh James Tinian is openly bisexual. I he has the he has the authority to tell a story like this and to uh to deal with themes like this in a way that um, doesn't feel gross and doesn't feel inappropriate and just feels interesting and compelling. And uh, spoiler alert at the end, um, there is a seemingly, maybe it's the same killer. Maybe it's a copycat killer. I don't know. There is another masked figure dressed like Santa Claus that is uh, on the prowl to, to try to kill some people at the end. So, um, Will this mean that the guy, that we'll find out that the guy that's been in jail for 15 years didn't do it? Or is this a copycat? I don't know. It's a very intriguing story, very gripping, kind pretty disturbing. And don't read it if you're not into horror books. But I thought it was excellent. And I'll be reading the next one for sure. The art is great. The uh Hickson's art kind of reminds me of like not dissimilar to like a Lee Weeks style or like a Batman Year One. Kind of style, lots of heavy shadows. Um, nice. Lots of, like, this is, you know, a lot of stuff with, like, the snow and, like, the blood and the snow and stuff is, like, really, really well done. Just, uh, you it's, know. Yeah, like gripping. you said, it seems like gripping
0: it's kind style. of that, the same palette they used for, like, especially the early issues of Something's Killing the Children. Where yeah. It, like yeah. that very different art style, but kind of that same color palette. Yeah, for sure.
1: Heavy on the shadows, lots of black. Yep. Um, It's great. It's great. And I know um, Funky Town did a midnight release for this book a few weeks ago when it came out. Uh, I'm pretty sure they still have some copies, some variant covers that are still there. It's definitely worth reading some if you're into covers. horror books at all. And, um, you know, like you were saying earlier, Steve, it's Christmas time. If you're a horror fan, you want a, a fun—no, sorry, not fun— you want a, like a Christmas tie-in, enjoyable, uh, Christmas horror read, tie-in enjoyable, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: not
0: fun. And, uh, check it out,
1: <laughs> yeah, not fun, but uh, but good.
0: Feel good, good story of the year, The Deviant by James Tenney. Yeah, sure.
1: Jesus, not that at all, but, but a, a gripping tale, um, for sure. Nice. Uh, what else is coming out in your local comic book store this week? You got Alpha Flight number five, Amazing Spider-Man number thirty-nine, Avengers number eight, Batman number one forty, Batman Santa Claus, Silent Night number one oh yeah birds of prey number four buffy the last vampire slayer number five of five the end of that series daredevil number four fantastic four number 14 fire and ice welcome to smallville number four and also regular old fire and ice number two hunger in the dusk number four invincible iron man number 13 my little pony camp big hoof number five Poison Ivy, number 17. Scooby-Doo, Where Are You, number 125. Sentry, number one. Shazam, number six. Star Wars, number 41. Star Wars High Republic Adventures, Phase 2, number one. Stuff of Nightmares, Sleigh Ride, number one. Uh, the list that I had said Stuff of Nightmare Sleigh Ride, number one and 2 We're going to be out this week. I don't know if that's a misprint or what, or if one's a rep- reprint. I don't know. They might both be out there. I don't know what that is, but yeah. check it out. Seems like a Christmas tie-in. Thunderbolts number one, Venom twenty eight, and X Men twenty nine. Steve, I know
0: you're pulling Hunger in the Dusk. Yeah, absolutely, I am. Uh, Is that still uh, banging? Yeah the the first three have all been phenomenal. Um, which uh, yeah, that's a, a testament to G. Willow Wilson's uh, creative writing at this point. Um, to take yeah. a, a fairly rote. Uh, Orcs versus humans, and kind of turn it on its head with a little little extra. So, yeah, uh, a lot a of fun there. Do um, I don't think I'm picking up uh, Superman number one, the Marvel version. Um, Century, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Higher public adventures. I don't know. Uh, it's it's the number one for adventures, so I might. Um, but yeah, the overall, you know, alpha Flight, X Men. I think uh, maybe Invincible. You still do Alpha Man. Flight too. Yeah, it's all part of Fall of X, man. Oh, that's
2: in there. Okay. Yeah, sure, sure.
0: Yep. Wow. Yeah, the first, the whole first part of Alpha Flight was uh, Alpha Flight fighting Alpha Flight.
2: Wow. All right.
0: To try and, what were they trying to pull the wool over on the Canadian government mm-hmm. thinking course, that awesome. all of, all of Alpha Flight was not converted to the mutant cause or I don't know, whatever. But it was cool to see Alpha Flight back. Like it'd been a while.
1: Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure uh
0: on well, my two uh polls are on this list
1: birds of prey and poison ivy so i'll be getting those is, that, be picking is up poison Ivy
0: still hanging in there at 17 like i read the first like two yeah arcs dude or you so. know what
1: i w- i was about to drop it not because it was bad just because like you know i'm trying to slim down my pull list and mm-hmm. i've been pretty successful with it um and uh i no, i just read the last two issues i think a couple weeks ago and i hadn't i just they were piling up and i was like oh this is still great it's still really good so very nice poison ivy still crushing uh birds of prey excellent series so far um very excited to read batman santa claus silent night i don't know if you remember steve but we uh when they announced this series we talked about it and um this is uh santa claus needs to um recruit the help of his former student batman former student
0: yep i remember seeing that in the description
1: yeah, and that they were, DC is saying that this is, takes place within continuity. So this isn't some just like Christmas story. This is DC Comics saying, no, when Bruce Wayne went to train around the world to become Batman, part of that training was with Santa Claus. So I am 100%
2: going to get this <laughs> and see what that's about. Because I can't imagine, can't imagine. Um. But, uh, you know, I bet Batman could probably sit, sit down a chimney if he really wanted to. And where else,
1: where else do you learn that kind of thing?
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I think just, that's all I got, Steve. No one-shots tonight.
0: I'm just picturing the Batman and Scooby-Doo version of Batman trying to fit down a chimney and getting stuck, and hijinks mm-hmm. ensue.
2: Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, it'd be funny
1: if, like, from now on in DC continuity, they every once in a while have to reference somehow that he's learned something from Santa like before he before he like climbs up a wall or something with his bat rope he has to lay a finger aside of his no. nose
2: and shoots <laughs> his grapple gun something no. wild
1: crazy. oh man comics are crazy don't you love comics they're so wacky and why
0: I do it's I love them too it's so ridiculous half the time that it's even better yeah agreed
1: agreed um but dude yeah i think that's all i got you got anything
0: else no no nothing else that jumps at me i would say uh at this point uh if you're still listening you should probably hit that subscribe button uh if you're if you're not still listening you're not hearing this so i don't know why i'm saying anything uh one other thing we're going to start hitting it at the top of the show uh please be on the lookout for information on syracuse collectors that is the Uh, Oh, of 16th and 17th of March, um, that weekend uh, over at the New York State Fairgrounds for anyone in the greater New York State area uh, here in Syracuse in the Horticulture Building. It's a 50,000 square foot uh, expo hall that will be filled with your favorite nerdery. Uh, Mike, to put it in perspective, the hall that we were in in Saratoga was 20,000 square feet. So, um, yeah, if they can fill the Horticulture Building, it's going to be a big one. Um, Yeah, for sure. So yeah, uh We'll be there. Yeah, like subscribe uh for all of your updates and needs. Check out the Simon Burks interview that we plugged at the beginning of the podcast. Uh and uh check us out on socials, the multiverse support, wherever you want to find us, uh in all the places we actually look. Uh the multiverse dot com, the multiverse support gmail dot com if you want to toss anything along for them
1: Yeah, on Instagram, run threads. We're a little
2: on Facebook, but mostly Instagram and threads. Technically um, I'm
0: Blue Sky, I think
2: yeah 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 anyway uh this was a good show thanks for uh sticking around thanks
1: for talking to me steve i, I you know what yeah, I, I always absolutely. think everybody else i never thank you steve thank you thank
0: you it's appreciated talking. mike and thank you
1: yeah you got it well until
2: next time only one thing to say thanks for watching thanks for listening and we'll see you in the multiverse